I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is a deep dive into the High Republic book. Race to Crash Point Tower. I'm looking forward to diving in. I'm Joseph Scripshaw. 
I'm Ken Absock. I have a Star Wars book in front of me with post-it notes poking out of it. It must be a deep dive on a book. <laughs> that is right. We got post-it note. That means uh, we are just ready to go. If we have got post-it notes, there's nothing to stop <laughs> yeah. us. A lot of times I try to go digital, right? Try to, try to use the notes on my phone and make a little note. I, I know you have a system too, but this one, I just, I had to go, I, I, I finished it. Then I went back and I was like, post-it note there, post-it note there. And now we have a yellow flappy book. I might, I got like three systems and every book I like go, no, I'm going to do this one. And then I combine the systems. I might go full post-it note because sometimes I write everything down on, on a notes app. Sometimes I take a, if the quote's too long, I take a picture of the, the page. <laughs> I might just have to slap a, a post-it note on it. That seems like good and visceral. Yeah. And then I keep, I keep the notes in there so that I put it back on the shelf. So if ever I need to pull it out at a party, I'll look real smart. Like, look, <laughs> I've studied race. To Crash Point Tower. <laughs> well, let's get into not only studying it, but discussing it. First, we want to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Uh, this week, we are recommending both of the new High Republic Books, The Rising Storm by Kevin Scott, and the very book we are discussing today, Race to Crash Point Tower. As we always say on these review episodes, if you haven't read or listened to the book and you want to before our spoiler full discussion, just pause right here. Go ahead and get this from Audible, listen to it, and then come right back to the podcast. We got hours of your life covered with that. If you want to do that, you can download your free audiobook today. You can go to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. And Ken, we have another offer. We do. Inside Editions, publisher of a ton of great Star Wars books, is offering 35% off across their website with a special Force Center code. To get your discount, enter the coupon code FC35 or visit the website with this link, insideditions.com slash discount slash FC35. This week, we're recommending the Inside Editions book, The Lightsaber Collection. Oh, that looks good on a shelf. We want to look smart. Get that one. Check it out with the code FC35. Does that one have post-it notes in it? Uh, no, because I flipped through it too much. It would knock the post-it notes out. <laughs> yes, I, I actually picked it up because uh, at the time that we looked at that book and did an episode about it, we hadn't really met Stellan uh, Gios, so I was happy to go look at his lightsaber. I did the same thing, yeah. Fun thing. Yeah, very, very fun. All right, let's get into it then. So this book is uh, another book in The Second Wave, of the first phase of High Republic storytelling. Uh, Race to Crash Point Tower is a middle-grade book by Daniel Jose Older. It's uh, featuring characters from the High Republic Adventures comic, which Daniel Jose Older also writes, uh, as well as new characters. And it details the adventures of several Jedi Padawans and other characters as they deal with the horrific Nile attack on the Republic Fair on Valo, the main story of which is told in thrilling and, uh, frankly, upsetting details. Upsetting in the best way in Kevin Scott's The Rising Storm. So these books really do work together, speak together, uh, as well as that comic book, The High Republic Adventures. Uh, as always, we just want to make it crystal clear. Uh, we go full spoilers on these reviews. So if you haven't read yet and you want to, uh, you can make the warning sounds with your mouth. Awooga, awooga, and stop listening. Uh, but if you are all read up, want to listen, please continue with us and make any noises you want. Anyway, let's get into it, Ken. What is your overall reaction to Raced Crash Point Tower? Did you like it? Love it? Struggle with it? Where are you at? Fun. Wizard. 
all these kind of whiz bags. Yeah, I really did like what this accomplished. It's always, um, we've made this kind of reference or joke before here. Uh, you know, it's, it's always interesting to be reviewing the young adult or middle grade readers uh, and, and, and approaching it with the same gusto we would any other Star Wars book. And I think that's because each one of these uh, young adult and, and middle grade ones um, really deserve that respect. They're so good. They're so fun. And they're so, so well put together. And I read it both now as a Star Wars fan that wants to know these things and meet new characters and, and have the ideas, the big ideas in Star Wars, some sometimes presented on a easier to eat platter. <laughs> You're like, oh, there you go right there. Uh, and then also I have fun kind of going back on what would, man, if I was 12 reading this, if I was nine reading it, my head would just explode with Star Wars excitement. So I love trying to experience it through that lens as well. That Crash Point Tower, Race to Crash Point Tower, did all those things, checked all those boxes, and was a, a, a fun, quick read. Yeah, absolutely. I think fun is the the main thing that jumps out at me. There are some like great ideas, uh, some kind of big Jedi ideas of what does it mean to be a Jedi, which absolutely connects with this great Star Wars theme of coming of age, which is what these books are all about. Uh, it gets at these kind of deep Jedi ideas really well from the perspective of the Padawans wrestling with them, right? Mm -hmm. uh, of, of the Padawans kind of explicitly wrestling with, I need to figure out how I'm going to be the Jedi I need to be in general in life, but also in this particular situation that's happening in this book. And the Padawans really wrestling with these specific uh, ideas is really, really fun. And then uh, I think just in general, it, it's a funny book it is a fast-paced book uh it has those really great action serial vibes that i really like that i feel like are really present in high republic it, it almost does feel like a part of the decision about what the high republic storytelling was going to be like is that it is cinematic that a lot of these books have mm -hmm. big action scenes that that move fast and much like uh the rising storm this book kind of builds and builds and builds and then by the second half it's just a foot down on the speeder pedal yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't let up there a lot of this book is uh definitely wrestling with ideas definitely character development definitely coming of age story but all told through non-stop action this is i don't know if there's ever been a more perfectly named star wars book this is a race race to crash point tower <laughs> what this is it, it really is it, it yeah it is uh yeah can we just uh, it this is the star wars we would like to get from a to b can we yeah and, and you, yeah. yeah no go sorry uh, but you yeah you mentioned i think so far every high republic book uh the comic book's a little different because you, you you get the visuals attached and this one does have art all the way through we can talk about but every high republic book so far has done a great job of feeling like a big giant cinematic star wars story even if uh, like this book it's a small corner of that story yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have any thoughts on the art? Uh, it was really fun. Also, it I love sometimes when you're reading like on a busy Saturday afternoon, you're like, oh, I need to sit down and read a couple chapters of Crash Point. And I, there was the one picture of the, the big monster out of the zoo, right? And I was like, oh, got it. Okay, that's what's happening. <laughs> I need more pictures in my books. I need picture books. <laughs> yeah no it, i really enjoyed it because it, it it helps you connect to like yeah this that's what this uh a book like this is uh you know designed uh, to have pictures in it uh yeah. I, I would not object to the rising storm having pictures in it and there are really thrilling i was also like really amused uh by myself at one point because i think the first picture is uh like a beat before it happens in the book <laughs> yes yes like, oh, book did you spoil it like 
<laughs> and it didn't at all. But I just had that knee jerk reaction of like, this couldn't have been two pages later. Um, you're, but, but I think all of them are because you said the first, I, the, the creature one was kind of like when it started happening, I was like, Oh, it's a picture. I just saw great. Love it. <laughs> so yes. Book. Oh yeah. No, I mean, I, I got, I, I floated away from the mic for a second. Cause I was looking at the pictures. They're really fun. They're really good. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that emphasis on um, movement and it, mm-hmm. this is in, uh, there's, like I said, there's Jedi philosophy. There's some depth. There's some great stuff uh, for uh, kids of all ages to read. Uh, but those pictures and the style mm-hmm. of them, there's a great, a lot of great movement in it. There's a lot of great action. There is just this sense of we are moving forward. Yeah. So great stuff. So uh, what I want to ask you for some uh, big picture stuff before we dive into all the details, is this model of storytelling working for you where this is the, the you know, the second wave and the first fav- phase of High mm-hmm. Republic where the uh, the adult reader novel tells the big picture story of a major event, the, the great, you know, hyperspace disaster in Light of the Jedi and now the re- attack on the Republic Fair and the Rising Storm and then all the other books and comics weave in and out of that event. Is that structure working for you? It, it really is working for me so far. And it, it is yet to feel distracting. I don't, I don't know if I ever will. And I, I certainly don't want it to be, but I, they know what they're doing. They know how to handle it. Case in point, I have not, I have a couple of them and I'm waiting to go to my shop to get more. I have not touched the the IDW High, High Public Adventures comics. Mm-hmm. Haven't touched them yet. And I know this book has a lot of stuff from those, right? A lot of characters, a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel lost. I didn't feel, I knew, I knew I was reading something that, happened elsewhere or had a little more information elsewhere or characters or hey there's bob you remember bob i'm like i don't remember bob but you know him i'm there for the story um so, so it's working whereas in the rising storm now that we're a little bit more all right here's what they're doing and you know light of the jedi probably has just as much references or arrows pointing to stories you're going to hear more about but we weren't as aware rising storm i was very aware there was a couple moments where i had a slightly more cynical reaction to my own surprise I was like, eh, yeah, 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 we'll find out about that rom kid. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eh, but I got to tell you, now that I have this one on my hand, it's pure joy, and I want to go back to the Rising Storm and reread that scene again or that sequence again where he and Tayork interact. And so, therefore, it just tells me it it is working, and they have painted this big, wonderful, interconnected, yet individualized, uh, you know, universe. Yeah, I, I think there is something about it that is like just strangely rewarding because a character immediately becomes more intriguing or a moment immediately becomes more intriguing. Like I had that same reaction when I was reading The Rising Storm 2 of like, okay, did I miss uh, Ram <laughs> somewhere else? Or is he going to show up? Somewhere? And then because I, I we, we read the descriptions of what books are coming, but uh, a little bit of me just wants to be like, I want to experience them when I read them in full. So then yeah. it's like, as soon as I finished Rising Storm and realized, oh, that's Race to Crash Point Tower, I was already invested before I opened the book. It's like, I want to know why that kid's got a dirty face and goggles. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. I enjoyed like, oh, okay, cool. Going to get that answer. Yep. Yeah. There's this this structure, you know, if they do it forever, could get, I th- could have some repetition. And I, I think mm-hmm. that the storytellers there are well aware of that. And I, I'm not actually worried about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for right now, it, it, it's got this great anticipation of like, what's the event? What's the big event for the next wave? You know? Yeah. And I think there's something fun about that of like, okay, it was a hyperspace disaster, horrific attack on their public fair. Maybe the third event will be the big picnic. <laughs> the company picnic. The we Jedi are the- company picnic that doesn't get attacked at all. It's just people chatting. <laughs> Uh, I'd love that little three-legged <laughs> Jedi races, except for if you have three legs and it's a 
Five, it's a whole thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And like right now, like I know, um, you know, we got another book coming very soon from Justina Ireland at the end of the month. Uh, comics are, are moving forward to catch up with the events of Rising Storm because they're a little bit uh, uh, timeline wise uh, behind this, uh, both of them. Uh, but it's it's fun now having read the Rising Storm and seeing all these different things going on at Valo. Now this one, it makes you excited for like, uh, I know Reith Silas is in the upcoming Justina Ireland books. So it's like, I hope Reith's okay. <laughs> was he there? <laughs> mm-hmm. How was he affected? Uh, the the creating all these different characters and knowing that they're all going to interact either literally physically with the event or be affected by it from afar is a, a great way to just build anticipation. Yeah, it's working. Like I said, it's yet, it's yet to feel dis- distracting. I don't know what that will feel like if it is. If I, if I just have, I guess if I hit a moment where I'm like, oh, I have to go. All right, I have to fill in this blank. I've never felt that. And you're so right. They're they're very much aware of what they're doing here. They're not. You know, they're, they're put together with great care. But I enjoyed, I very much enjoyed being in, in this, you know, small but important corner of the larger Star Wars story. And there was one particular moment of just, you know, the the, the Republic Fair starting, fireworks are going, and Ram's seen it. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, Elzar's getting down right now. Oh, yeah, that's all right. Okay, yeah, so we're all we're all connected here. Okay. It's a great thing to think uh, when you're reading this book. Like, where's the picture of that? Um <laughs> Uh, those cumbersome Jedi robes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think in, in general, it's just really working well. I think where where it would fall apart, and I don't think it's going to, is if you read a book that felt like it was just an ad for other stories, right? That's like the danger. Right. That's the dark side. And I don't think that it, that's been the experience at all. No, no. Uh, I'm so glad that you mentioned that you haven't read the comics, the, the High Republic Adventures, uh, because mm-hmm. this is the first one where I felt like, yep, absolutely, this book utterly stands on its own. But it a lot of the ideas to me were really enhanced. I realized by the knowledge that I had from that comic, mm. but mm. it's yeah. great yeah. to know that it, that I thought like, yeah, it absolutely stands on its own. And it's great to have that confirmation from your perspective. Yeah, no, it, it worked. And I, like I said, was, was aware probably the time, cause you know, we cover enough of the star Wars news that, you know, Oh, this name, I've heard this name or seen the artwork, all those kind of things. Uh, so yeah, but um, I didn't feel and, and again, made me, you know, I've I got plans tomorrow to head to my shop, so it's working. Nice, nice. Well, uh, let's get into talking about some of the characters in this book. Uh, so having read the comics, for me, uh, I already knew uh, Lula and Zine a little bit. Uh, and then this is uh, Ram or Ram. Uh, this is his uh, big introduction beyond his cameo in The Rising Storm. Was there a breakout character for you in this book? I, I think for me it was Ram. Ram Jama Ram. I, I really thought... He was so relatable. There was something really interesting to me about someone having the, the just kind of their world and worldly challenged and shattered, and, and then he has to rise to the occasion. And and it does it. He's just charming all the way through. I think a lot about his his outlook, and I get it. I, you know, I, I think you you might be similar to me, Joseph. Like we we don't mind tinkering in our garage, whatever that garage may be. I, we don't. We'll, we'll be there for a long time. That's fine. I'm good. I'm good. But he had to go beyond that. And I just kind of love that this was a character who didn't want more than what he had in a way. Uh, He never stared towards the horizon dreaming of something else. He was like, this is where I am, but he, he has to go forward and he can't go back. And, and and it's a great, uh, it's a great little journey. Yeah. I totally agree with you. I like Lula in Zine. uh, Mm -hmm. And I think um, that the book is a little bit structured to be, it is Ram and Lula's uh, uh, journey, but you know, kind of, really begins and ends literally uh, with with Ram or Ram, yeah. uh, however one chooses uh, to say it. 
right? Um, and yeah, just continues to fulfill the promise of the premise of where you're going to meet lots of different Jedi with different perspective. And this mm. is so relatable. The book does a couple of great things to remind you, like, this is a shock to Jedi and Padawan that suddenly lightsaber training is not uh, for meditation and tradition. Suddenly it's life or death, you know? Mm. So to picture this kid is like, ah, I don't I, I'm kind of a loner. I, I, other people make me feel uncomfortable. I don't know what to say to them. I don't know what they expect from me. I like talking to machines. There's no reason I just wouldn't do that for the rest of my life. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. such a great picture of a relatable picture of somebody who wants to stay in their comfort zone until they realize have a different experience that makes them go, oh, yeah. I, I can I can be social too. Yeah, yeah. That's what this book is about. It's a rock drum rom. <laughs> realizes he can be social too. Yeah. Oh, that's a great way to look at it. And it's very, it is very relatable. I think, uh, I think you and I are very similar that uh, we like to perform and in the right circumstances, we love to be social, love to be at big events, it recharges batteries. But then there is also that other part that's just like, I would like to be alone <laughs> in my uh, garage of any kind. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and very, very relatable stuff. All right, well, with that then, let's let's dive into the big themes and ideas that are at stake in this story. I thought this book was uh, was great at just really laying out uh, very clearly what was going on because I think the big ideas were things that uh, Ram and Lula were explicitly uh, wrestling with. Uh, in particular, I want to start with this thing that is just straight-up advice uh, that Ram got from his master, Seeing the whole versus just the parts uh, in this theme gets kicked off right away uh, yeah. on pages five and six uh, when uh, Ram is thinking through it. I'm going to read the quote here from Master Kunpar. You must see the whole for the whole in each part for the role it plays, not for what you want it to be, not for what you fear it to be, just for what it is. Uh, and then there are a bunch of different examples uh, for how that gets played out in the novel. But before we go forward, I just want to know what that quote means to you. It's it's great, especially the second half of it. Not for what you want it to be, not for what you fear, which are both these you dive into the the themes of attachment or you know fear itself and what it might lead to and what it, what, what fear just means you, you might be holding on to something, all those kind of things. That just that just really works. It's a little bit of Yoda, you know, conking Luke on the head a few times and going, you know, your <laughs> mind's never on where you are, what you're doing. It, just see the situation for what it is and you, you can best deal with it going forward. And then we get into other ideas of attachment and everything as, as we often do in Star Wars. But I just thought, yeah, it was, it was a great topic sense for the, what we're about to deal with here in this story. And, and it, it does, it did jump out in a great way. And I think that that worked for me. Yeah. And I really like what you're pointing out that it is a one piece of wisdom, but much like the wisdom itself, uh, it is a whole with two parts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That it is. They see everything, that everything has a big picture to it, and, and we're all connected, and all of these uh, different elements, all these different parts are contributing to the whole, and it is important to see both the parts and the whole, see the forest and mm -hmm. the trees. But then it does have this other part of it of like, and, and the reason for that is we can get very distracted by the parts, yeah. <laughs> and, including with fear. Uh, and so it is this great bit of wisdom that has uh, more than one part. Yeah, each part for the role it plays is great stuff. 
Yeah. So then the way for me that uh, I see it uh, playing out is uh, this is something that uh, Rom is wrestling with in the way that he sees mechanical parts, the way he pulls apart a speeder, uh, the way he has a kind of a gift in particular for uh, seeing mechanical uh, constructions within the force and being kind of a a force uh, sensitive gearhead in a way Mm -hmm. of uh, seeing like, uh, yeah, other people see the speeder. I see all the parts of the speeder and want to see it both ways and then it becomes very literal uh when ram and lula reach the rooftops and they can literally see the whole picture of the nile attack i really like that it was this literalization of that of we understand uh big picture (laughs) or we're seeing individual elements of the attack but now we can literally have the the rooftop view and see the whole thing uh and then i like that uh, ram takes inspiration from this quote realizing that he should find value in his part in the Valo battle and knowing that his part is important to the whole, which is specifically restoring communications. There's that great moment where he's like, I just want to go around and do everything. I want to rescue every person, but I need to be committed to my part of the whole. So I feel like that's a moment where he really uh, fulfills his master's wisdom. And then I feel like that theme is just made absolutely physical, physically concrete again uh, when Rom actually uses a part of his droid V18 uh, to patch the comms, <laughs> right. he, he literally has uh, uses a a part from a different hole to make the hole work. Well, yeah, I was gonna say poor V eighteen, but he yeah he's he's all right he's all right he's 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 used to modifications. Yeah, yeah, and V V eighteen offered it up. It, yeah. <laughs> it was like Rama just like I'm gonna rip this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we talked a little bit uh, about that uh, big picture wisdom, but I I want to ask you: Is it effective for you? in the book is it effective in your own life because it's one of those pieces of wisdom that like man if i just saw that you know in uh in a hotel because <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know sometimes hotels just have like weird bits of uh, wisdom uh, is their their frame painting along with a picture of the ocean i'd be like that's that's that sounds good that sounds really smart but is it is it effective uh, in the book is it effective in your own life ken this is where it re- this book really worked for me as a as a middle grade reader. Just uh, sitting down a a, a a youngster who's got maybe interests growing and, and places to be and fears about where they might go, where they don't want to go, and, and 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 how you can just life starts to get overwhelming really fast. And this so it worked on that level where where Ram uh, I, I say Ram but Ram Ramalama Jama Ram uh, he's so he's so sweet in his own way, right? He's just so like happy to be where he is, but just, it, 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 and to, to get that scope that you, you called it out, just a great looking across. It's a battle. So it's not this beautiful, wonderful inspiration moment. It's, it's scary. It's tense. He's looking out and seeing his place and knowing and learning that lesson of, of, of don't think beyond what's right in front of you. I wish I had that. I wish I had that moving to LA. I wish I had that now sometimes uh, where you can just get so worried about all the parts or, or the other, the parts other people are playing if you're working on projects or something like that. And it's like, yeah, we all want to, you know, lift each other up and help each other connection, big star Wars, as we've heard, but I like this. It's like, you, you got this task, you got this skill, concentrate on that. It's just simple star Wars life lessons. And I love that it's broadcast uh, specifically to uh, young folks. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I really like that. it, It works so well in the book. It's such a practical piece of information that we start with it sounds good it's a good piece of you yeah. know wisdom people would nod and i really like that it that it um 
really, really plays out in a concrete way that it starts with this very simple visual metaphor of the uh, the speeder engine, right? Yeah. And then I to take that that step farther and say, can you take a bit of wisdom that has a really good practical application on a small scale, a small, real controllable, safe scale, like a speeder engine you're repairing, mm. and can you actually apply that wisdom? Because, you know, you and I talk week after week about bits of great wisdom in Star Wars. And sometimes the wisdom it feels very simple and very direct. In the huge challenges, <laughs> can you map that over to yourself? Can you yeah. apply that to your life, particularly when you're dealing with something really stressful, particularly when you can easily become afraid of one of the parts? And I really like that it takes uh, Rom through that journey he could easily just forget this little bit of wisdom, right? Yeah. And say, uh, fixing a speeder has nothing to do with suddenly having to be, a, you know, a Jedi warrior right. and deal with actual battle and life and death situations. Like, these things are not related. And that great example that he is able to apply the wisdom is really cool. Uh, this is where the literal race to crash point tower, especially which that's driving action all through it, but it picks up speed once they literally race it. I, it, it works for that goal. If he has that goal, he knows the part he's going to play, but along the way, talk about practical applications. So many things are put in front of him that challenge that goal, that challenge his place in the story and, and constantly has to make that decision, constantly has to work towards his goal and then use even own parts in your skill set to, for, for your own part. It's parts on parts on parts, but I love that, the story, it's it, once they get going, once they're racing, uh, they're not stopping. Uh, but along the way, the, 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 the little lessons that pop up or, or jump out of cages sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think uh, it was a fun thing for me to revisit. I think I love that you're focusing on like, what is there, the uh, experience of reading if you're actually 12 years old? Mm -hmm. But it's always a good thing for me to check in that I feel like I have had more success when I can pull back and see the big picture. Um you and I were talking uh, on our News and Cues episode this week about like performing comedy and what works for certain audiences and what doesn't. And for me, that is that is a little bit of the lesson of pull back and see the whole. Like mm. when you're doing comedy, you're thinking about yourself because you're the performer and how do you want it to go and all that. And like sometimes it's so much more successful to just pull back and go, okay, but if I really want to connect to the audience, what have they been through? What do they want? Where are they coming from? What's the whole of this situation, not just my part of it? It's so interesting to apply it to comedy because because a lot of times, uh, you know, you have all the parts uh, up there on stage with you, but uh, you, it's not what you want it to be. And sometimes it's uh, you, it's what you fear it to be. You just have to see for what it is. Connect with the connect with the audience right then and there. Yeah, yeah. And like one time where I think this was like a, a big thing in my life for a while as I, I performed at the uh, Minnesota Fringe Festival. Uh, absolutely great thing. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, it's hour long shows that are like back to back. There's a half hour in between and audiences are really encouraged to fringe as a verb, which would mean go from show to show to show. And it's natural for people to just think about their show. And a thing that I always thought about when trying to construct my shows at fringe is like, yeah, I want them to be exactly what I want them to be. But I also want to remember that whatever I'm putting on stage there's a good possibility that an audience just saw four other shows before mine. Mm. And that's a different experience than uh, I'm going to go see one show in the evening, right? right? 
Yeah. Uh, and it's just one of those one of the pieces of wisdom I think that I was excited to see because it has real resonance with with life experiences that I've had. And and this was a good reminder for me to go like, ooh, are there ways I could or should be applying that to my life right now? <laughs> see, lessons from uh, a young Padawan. Yes. So thanks for the lessons. Uh, any other thoughts on this before we move on? Uh, no, sir. So I want to ask about the the Drenger. Uh, do you think the Drenger reflect the this theme in a dark way? They are kind of a, a hole with parts. <laughs> they are they seem to be uh, somewhat individual, but they also do have this unified consciousness. How do you feel about that? This is this is a great question because I want to be like, man, they got a great example of how to work together, but also know their own roles. <laughs> like they're doing great. <laughs> Um, which which makes them uh, perhaps e- even more of a threat if you if you follow me, you know they they are uh, they are working together. When your enemy is working better together better than you, you know check yourself and start uh, making some improvements. I guess I don't know if you follow what I mean by that. It, it's just it's just kind of fun. I think that's an interesting way to look at it versus these uh, uh, mindless meat loving plants. Yeah, I, I think there's this great. There's this sort of uh, thematic tension because, like, yeah, they're following that wisdom pretty well. Pretty well. (laughs) They're a whole, and they are all working together as parts to eat meat. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) To uh, just uh, feed and kill and uh, and dominate. Uh, So, yes, they're doing that. But I think that that's, you know, one of these um, points in Star Wars where I think Star Wars does tell the story a lot of like, it is harder to do the right thing. Like the dark side is quicker, easier, more seductive. There's even that great line uh, that Rom has towards the end when he is using the force to uh, mess up ships. And he thinks it's so much easier to wreck things than build them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I feel like that's kind of what's going on with the Drenger of like, yes, it's easier for them to accomplish this because their goal is not how can we have a harmonious whole when, while also being respectful of all of the different needs of the individual parts, they're like, no, we just eat. That's our whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's easier for us to be uh, pointed in this, you know, uh, this direction. Yeah. No, no. Again, they're a threat. They're a threat on many levels. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the ginger, but I love, I love that you brought it up from that point of view. Yeah. Uh, so my last question about this big theme of uh, the whole and the parts, is this, just a meta celebration of the High Republic publishing initiative. I think so. I really, I really think so. You, you mentioned already the, the scene of them kind of pulling back themselves and seeing what's going on and having known what's going on. It just that became really more effective for me to see every, like you said, with Wreath, give me more, give me more, more stories here in the Republic Fair. There's so many tales to tell. Uh, and all all working towards the big picture. I, I, yeah, it's definitely, I'll take it as a meta celebration. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not, you know, implying that this was a cheeky, like, ah, no, the no. theme of this book will be about what we're doing as writers. But for me, it is hard not to think of mm-hmm. when there is clearly uh, this whole, the, the High Republic storytelling is all working together. And there are individual writers who are clearly have different voices, different perspectives who are writing these stories uh, that feel very much like this was written by this person. Uh, here's how it's similar to their other work. Here's, you know, how you can almost see their personality in it. Mm-hmm. And yet they're writing the same characters, sometimes the same scene from different perspectives. So there's this really great, and I think um, just worthy of celebration, uh, this whole that is still really celebrating the parts as well. Mm. Yeah, I like that idea. And I think it's one of the things that we get enjoy from as readers that, 
uh, we're like, oh, we get to see the hole, and now we're really curious about the parts. <laughs> yeah. We are. All right. Uh, move on then to the next uh, big theme. Uh, I think this one was present in lots of ways, but I feel like Lula was carrying it uh, a little bit more, and that is uh, the very familiar Star Wars theme of the power and fear of attachment. Uh, so this is the way that I, I saw it playing out here. Uh, Lula is very passionate about her friends in fears verging into uh, attachment. Lula is a character who really wants to be the best Jedi. Even I think wrestles a little bit with like, is that a Jedi thing to feel? But it's true. I just, I want to be the best wrestles a little bit with jealousy, but also wrestles with just caring about her friends a bunch. Uh, she gets some great uh, counseling from Vernestra Rowe, where Vernestra walks her through like, look, you would save your friend's life, right? But would you save their lives because they're your friends or would you save them because you would save anyone's life? And that, that helps Lula feel a little bit better. And this is uh, Lula's reflecting on that on page 8990. Uh, she was already beginning to see the truth. Vernestra had been trying to light up for her that her actions, her choices revealed the deeper balance that being a Jedi required. It didn't mean cutting yourself off from love or not having emotions. It meant finding balance within those emotions to be able to seek out the light to do the right thing. Uh, was that powerful for you? Did you enjoy that? Yeah, that's one of those real uh, just kind of simple explanations of attachment that I really appreciate uh, in, in these Star Wars stories just because it's, it's easiest to throw attachment. Attachment's bad. Attachment's forbid. Anakin told us that, but to really explore what that means on, on smaller levels on just uh, your friend or uh, caring about a, your friend or caring about wanting to be good like you said and how you can become attached to the idea going back to the beginning of seeing what it is and all those kind of things but then you know envy is going to walk in there sometimes lula talks about uh, being envious of of Ernestra, like you said it and knowing that that's very un jedi like so anyways i i just love what it all kind of uh, uh gets down to here that it that it it isn't about you, including, I think, a Shmi setting aside everything in her life and everything she maybe wanted for Anakin for what she felt was good for him at the time. Uh, long journey, but I think in the end it works out. Um, <laughs> if you know, uh, yeah. So, yeah, no, it just was real simple. Daniel Jose Older did a great job of just taking these big themes and, and just having these little topic sentences all the way through. Yeah, yeah. And I, I do like that they, these themes are things that the characters are explicitly being given mm -hmm. wisdom on and then wrestling with, and then are they're really playing out in their actions. I, I love that there's a moment in the big battles where Lula is worrying about whether or not her friends are okay or surviving this chaos, this crisis, like super relatable thing. And she falters in her, in her fighting and almost falls because she's focused on something she shouldn't be. And I think that's a great way to just kind of show like, yes, it is great to have emotions, but this this is the balance you need. You need to be focused on your part of the whole. You need to be focused on what you're doing and not focused on on fear. Right. Because right. that's the dangerous part of attachment. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and I love I, I love the description, of even just going back to Lula kind of saying, I want to be the best. And it's like, yeah, 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 you should. But it's like it clearly comes from a, a, a egocentric point of view. Right. Where we're being the best is going to be great for being the best Jedi you can be. It's going to be great for the bigger picture, but why, why or do you want to plug into that bigger picture or do you just want to be the best for some sort of uh, you know, golden robe you get? I don't know. Right. Do you want to be the best at helping people or yeah. Do you want a certificate <laughs> that says I'm better, you know? Yeah. yeah. Big difference. Uh, I think this also plays out in a, in, a, in contrast with, uh, with Rom, 
uh, in what we've been talking about, how much he enjoys working alone in a garage. I like this quote in particular on page 81. This was another reason Rom didn't like being around people. He had to explain himself and try to make things make sense. And it was, quite frankly, exhausting and a waste of time. (laughs) I love that he starts uh, from such a place of wanting to be alone. Uh, But then this is really a story of him connecting to other people. And and by the end, he he wants to be with other people. So that is a real uh, pro-connection, pro-attachment. Mm. Uh, argument from Rom's perspective of his journey. We get it a little bit from Zine as well that um, she fears that she's lost connection to her people. She fears she won't be fully accepted by the Jedi. That's in this book uh, that is really building on what's I- I- in the comics. Uh, so I think it's mm. strong It's mm. strong in the book, even stronger when you combine it with the comics. And then, you know, Tyork is not a main character of this book, uh, So, but I think it works well with The Rising Storm that Tyork is somebody that, in theory, walked away from the Jedi, doesn't want to be attached to anyone, won't even name droids or give them nicknames or that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, but she still works with Rom to escape, and she uses her sandville to rescue Zine. So uh, she is having connections in her actions in this book, and certainly in Rising Storm. Yeah, going through a big process and, and a change that comes a little later in life, too. So we all continue to learn. Exactly, exactly. So uh, I know I asked you a little bit about that specific quote, but any other kind of big picture thoughts on the way uh, attachment is wrestled with in this book? Uh, I, I just, uh, when, when it comes to getting the outcomes you want, it, it works for me of just, I, I'm really being moved by that again. I, I know I'm probably just repeating myself, but just how then that plays out and, and how uh, Lula is always going to, you're always going to want that. She's always going to want the best outcome, but, but how you get there again, the choices along the way, I'm just reading again of just like, she, she's in the beginning. I, I, I meditate twice more than anyone. I score great <laughs> on the tests and, and look, and that's all, that's all wonderful. But, but how you apply that again, uh, you, you talked about that earlier with the other theme. Uh, it, it just all kind of works on that side of it there. And, and, and it also works just in terms of character uh, looking at Vernestra of just she is kind of a wise beyond her years type of character. I think there's even somewhat of a, a reference to that directly. And, and so it, uh, I love getting it for getting knowledge from her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think for me, I, I like the way the attachment is wrestled with in this book because it totally uh, deals with the uh, Jedi uh, tradition. It even shows that moment of danger where uh, Lula is obsessing on the fear of her personally losing uh, people that she's, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, connected to, which is, of course, a totally rational thing to do, but she's losing focus because of it. And, you know, she keeps coming back to balance. So I like that. I like that it is showing a real practical, like, well, if you're absorbed with fear, you can't help the people that you're trying to help right now. Um, And I I like that there's also this real uh, practical element where Lula conquers that danger of attachment where Rom needs help on the platform to get the communications back up, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And Zine wants to go to help protect him. And Lula has that moment of like, I'm really attached to Zine and I was worried about her and we just got back together and I want to clench, (laughs) right? I want to attach and say, no, don't go because what if something happens to you? And Lula being like, ah, this is it. Here's here's my chance to show balance. It is better for the whole if Zine goes to help Ram Ram or Rom uh, and I need to let that go. And I thought that was really, really nice to take some some of those arguments that can sometimes be sort of a, a theoretical and make it very practical. Yeah, and, and, and this all flows very nicely for me into some of the bigger themes and stuff around Anakin's fall and now back in 20, what, 2005 now, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're what, Padme's upset about Padme? And it's like, of course, now 
looking back, this all flows nicely into that kind of stuff there too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I wanted to talk about that specifically, that the books in general, but the High Republic in particular features a lot of conversations about attachment and even having sexual relationships uh, and a lot of of moments where characters like Vernestra are saying, like, here's the deal. Here's the concern that we don't do this, uh, make this mistake. But here's all the ways that you can absolutely embrace your emotions. And Dira gives Belle a very similar uh, speech of like, emotions are great. We want to be connected yeah. and to celebrate the people that we're protecting. We're celebrating life. The thing is, you need to process them and, and let them go. Right. Do you want to see more of those kind of just explicit uh, discussions of emotion and attachment on screen? Uh, yes. And in, in more High Republic books, because we have so many Jedi with so many different uh, experiences, skills, uh, levels, job titles, uh, <laughs> the way they look at things, I, it, it's refreshing every time because uh, we out here in the real world are, are just as vast and, and, and diverse as, as, the, as the Star Wars galaxy right now and so so that, that that works for me to see it repeated but yeah on the big screen too uh, or, or live action animated whatever It'd be great yeah yeah i think i would be really interested in it because i feel like um obviously anakin's journey of attachment and the rules are you know attachment is forbid and you know you, even like the, those old attack the clones posters just leaned into it so hard right of like yeah. no love no i can't remember you know the poster i'm talking about right yes um I don't want to misquote a poster, but it gets to that central idea of, you know, attachment isn't, isn't, isn't allowed, yeah. but Anakin's going to get attached. Um, I, so I think there's a lot said in the films about the danger of attachment. And I feel like the films absolutely celebrate attachment and compassion. I think that's the whole value of comparing and contrasting Anakin's journey in the prequel trilogy and Luke's Anakin shows the danger of attachment then he's got Yoda and Obi-Wan worrying about it. And Luke uh, perseveres with compassion in his healthy attachment. His healthy compassion is what saves the day. So I think sometimes people can hear the explicit anti-attachment words said in the prequels. Yeah. And then maybe not focus on how much that just the story of the original trilogy. There's not a bunch of lip service to the word attachment. Right. But the story of the original trilogy is absolutely the balance and saying, yes, here's all the mm -hmm. the power and the wonder and the success of connection and attachment. Mm -hmm. But since I think people can still sometimes focus on on those words in the prequels that I, I kind of long for some some on screen conversations like we have in the High Republic that yeah. is Jedi being explicit about the balance. Well, with the Jedi in the prequel era, probably need more uh, discussions about it, right? Absolutely, and yeah, and I think really that is a, the words. Yeah, no, I think, and I think that is a part of it too. Of like that—that's the the portrait of the prequels is they're they're afraid. Yeah, they've they've given in to fear of attachment so that they don't even allow a little bit. They're just like it's bad. Yeah, <laughs> and they've given in to the fear, and that that's a part of the story too. Which you know why you know Yoda and Obi Wan can't quite see where Luke is headed, uh, yeah. and they learn from him in the original trilogy. All right, but back to this book. So, again, by the end of this book, uh, Rom wants to leave the planet and make more connections. Uh, Lula is confident in her uh, balance and is, you know, happy to make a new friend in Rom. So she's not like, ooh, I don't know if I can add another attachment. She's like, come on board. <laughs> so they both kind of, in the end, resolve their, their main issues by uh, heading off into uh, new adventures 
in the High Republic Adventures comic book. Uh, were you happy for Rom, or were you pulling for him to work alone in a garage forever? I'm very happy because here's the thing: at some point, you'll get you'll get to a garage and you'll get some alone time. Trust me, Rom. Trust me, you'll be able to be <laughs> in your studio by yourself. Yeah, no, I I really like the the way the way it worked. And there's something here. Follow me on this one here. Uh, you know, uh, Rom and the way he was, you know, raised here on Valo, Padawan on Valo, wants to kind of stay here. It's his, it's his place. It's his city. It's his it's his it's his home world there. And there's something powerful to me at the end. Um, and I don't know. I I know I know Daniel Jose Older was a NYC uh, a paramedic. Uh, he had a ten year career there. I, I think post nine eleven, and and I don't know his entire story. I don't know if he was uh, if he's a New York uh, you know citizen during that time. But you know, it's, you think to nine eleven. We're twenty years back from this, and 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 just the real world, uh, whatever that might be, coming to your, your city, destroying it, destruction, and and the naivete gone. I look at I look at Rom at the end of this story seeing that and it's more hopeful it's more we're gonna go see the galaxy i'm not here anymore but it just it, it reminded me there's some echoes of that for me i'm just watching this happen and how you 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 now you have to be plugged in and now you can't just be down in a garage with your head down working as as, as fun as that is and relaxing as it is you always have that part of your brain you always have part of that part of your soul but you are here this is the bigger world and it's it, it it'll come to your front door. Uh, your choices. We always talk about the power of choices. I think there was to me. I I took. I, I'm not saying it was intentionally there, but I took some parallels to that for me. I think that's a really interesting and and really well said. And I think you've you've put it in a real emotional light. And I think for me, what was powerful about it is that Rom understood the Jedi teachings of we're all connected in a theoretical sense. And this shocking event made him really feel on an emotional level the truth of that and what it means and why it matters. And I love that that propelled him to go like, I want to go out and experience the connection and I want to see more of the whole. Yeah. Great yeah. stuff. Mm. Any other uh, big picture themes or ideas you wanted to discuss? Um, uh, What I, yeah, well, it's it's connected with a lot of them there too, but like, uh, the attachment and the fears and all that to me also boils down in, into um, adapting, growing and allowing that kind of change. And I'm even thinking of V18, man, uh, all these alterations along the way. <laughs> it's a little boxy droid that has to be painted purple. So no one thinks it's a storage container. Then it beca he becomes a, a rocket jet motorbike. Then he becomes, you know, a rocket jet. And, and there's just so many things about it, but, but Rom, the, the changes you, you're just describing there, both him and Lula, but like, you know, that's part of the the other side of attachment too. If just you are, if you get so attached to one way, uh, one way of, of living, one way of doing, one little corner of your world, you aren't going to change. You're not going to grow, and that, and that's so important as well. Oh, I love that you point that out. That's really good, and that that really does uh, match. Uh, V18's journey does match our our Jedi Padawans. Yeah, and I, I I think there's a power there too of the the change, the change again from the theoretical to the the practical to the application that I think a lot of us in the real world, I think do feel connection and, and are willing to be there for other people. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it takes something kind of shocking or out of the normal to go, Oh yeah, let me jump in and let me, let me help, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and I think this book has some real, like you were saying, real, uh, this is all Jedi space fantasy fighting evil plants who yell meat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But there's some real, uh, real world stuff in it. 
Yeah, no, not, not to dwell too much on it, but it's like I, I've been saying this on some other shows of the Good People Association too, where just the last year, for a lot of us, I think in the last year and a half and what's gone on in the world, not just with COVID, but just socialist issues and, and all these things that have ex- kind of literally exploded in front of us. It's so easy to look at a, a big giant earthquake, uh, an attack. It's something where it's one incident. We all throw everything down and, and all for one go to save and help and the empathy and compassion and, and the desire to help. And it's so easy to, to apply that then when your city's being attacked, like here it is in, in this book, but it's, it's harder to do that on a daily basis, right? It's harder to just look out and go, Hey, people are hurting and, and suffering. They need that same energy from you now. And I think at the, ba- at the beginning of this book, Rom just, you know, he doesn't see that, and it unfortunately takes this giant attack from connect to that global level of empathy. Right, and not being aware that like there are slow rolling tragedies going on for a lot of people all the time, and mm-hmm. yeah, to to try to be more present and aware for them is yeah. is a big lesson. Yeah, yeah, great stuff. All right, with that, we are going to take a quick break, and then we will be back to discuss uh, some of the moments, some of the canon connections that we enjoyed in Race to Crash Point Tower. We will be racing back in just a moment. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. are back to finish our discussion of Race to Crash Point Tower. Ken, I want to ask you if there are some moments that you particularly enjoyed. Moments of any kind. Insightful moments, fun moments, whatever it was that grabbed you. Well, sorry, I had myself muted because I was shuffling to the pages. So going back to our discussion on the best way to take notes, if you don't have it on a digital form in front of you where you can scroll easily, you're left to look through a bunch of post-its. <laughs> I did like, I, I did like a lot of oh, there the 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 first time, Rom because you go through this idea where Rom's kind of like, ugh, I I I hated the lightsaber fighting lessons. That wasn't me. That's not what I do. And then just when the first bit of action early in the book, and it's not even when, later on, some of the lightsaber stuff comes into play. But when he's when he's going to discover the first uh, was it like three Nile that have already uh, done the tampering? They broke the security beach, uh, dropping the Drenger bomb. I think yeah. Yeah, and then and just him kind of having this like, wow, action! Like it was a great little detail following a fun little sequence for me. I really love that. He'd say, "Here it is." Sorry, I literally was having to look through post-it notes. He'd been in his first real fight. He'd lived, and so had everyone else, which was a huge relief. Really, uh, the idea of taking a life, even a battle, was almost scary to him, and that's the thought of losing his own, which goes into some philosophy but they're just uh everything about that and then the aftermath for him personally I, I really like that yeah and it's that first great picture we were talking about yes 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 with his cool golden blade yeah oh that yeah it's really great i absolutely love that um what one of the i love that moment i loved him reflecting on like what fighting uh but i've been trained so i do know how to reflect bolts and all that so like He's clearly trained. He can yeah. clearly do it. Uh, and then there's kind of this companion moment on page 53 uh, where Master Sai is running Lula and Zine through lightsaber f- forms. 
And Lula's kind of reflecting like that. This used to be just meditation and tradition. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that it's presented. It, you know, she's got the thing about how it's, it makes the lightsabers are part of us. Jedi have always done this. I'm connected through this to all Jedi past, but it's just like in a comic way, she's almost saying like, yeah, no, the lightsaber forms used to be like doing a yoga video on YouTube, like (laughs) deeper, but it really was about being in touch with your body, meditation, tradition. And now suddenly it, it is about combat. It is about life and death. It is about saving people. It is about keeping ourselves alive. I really love that that coming of age story of like, yeah, this thing that used to be meditation tradition, it's life or death now. I really love that. Yeah, uh, that works. What are more for you? Uh, I love a couple moments. Um, Lula takes a, takes a shot, gets singed. Right. And Mm -hmm. uh, the description could only come from a uh, NYC paramedic. (laughs) (laughs) So just the actual, the coming of the pain, the I'm hurt, but I haven't felt it yet. The looking down in the description quite, uh, you know, vividly of, of the the skin and what's left. I, I really, for a middle grade reader that's zipping along and whiz bang wizard type of energy to have that little moment and, and to have the true cost and, and how close and how worse that could have been. You know, I, I that jumped out to me uh, as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, that that's a great visceral bit of action there, and the the yeah. description of like what is just like the there's no flesh there. It's yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think the the book the book is really like a fun thrill ride, and without kind of I think being as mired in like absolute terror as the Rising Storm is, does still keep those stakes nice and high. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's uh, oh you're so right. There was a couple points where I'm like, this is uh we're having such fun with this and it's this great adventure and you kind of forget the big picture and the death and destruction and the bodies everywhere. You, you know, you think of the rising storm paragraphs and you're like, wow, uh, this is a, this is a, you know, you wouldn't want that in a middle grade reader, obviously, but uh, yeah, it was just kind of unintentionally funny, not in a bad way, but just like, I thought about it a few times. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and one of the other moments that I wanted to share is a moment that is, uh, it's about comedy, but it is also about frustration uh, growth. I, I really liked Aram's messy mind trick on the mm. Nimodian head of security, Idric Snat. Uh, that was one of those we were introduced to the character of Idric Snat in The Rising Storm, but didn't spend a, a ton of time with him. And I think what I liked about it is this idea that a, a mind trick is yet, or mind touch, is yet another thing where Rom's like, yeah, no, I'm I'm aware it's in the tool belt. I don't really need to mind trick a speeder. So I haven't really done it before yeah, yeah. to fix it and that it is kind of working. And I think th- there's, to me, there's that comedy of frustration. I always like the, the comedy of that. This is only working kind of. So he's using the mind trick to try to convince Idric snap to pass on the message, this incredibly important message. So you got this great comedy of like, we know how important the message is that Rom has. Uh, and so that makes a great contrast with kind of the, the silliness and the foolishness of Idric Snat. And then the other thing I liked about it is there was something about this mind trick where it kind of worked. So Idrix was trying to do the intent that Rom had communicated the mind trick, but was getting all the words wrong. So it wasn't making any sense. There's something about that that just felt like that's Nemodian style humor, good, bad, or otherwise from the prequels. It feels like it matched. <laughs> uh, I really, yeah, that was, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. I guess there's Nemodian humor, huh? Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a, it was a fun one for me. And I got one more and I'll bat it back to you. Sure. Um, so a moment, I think, of uh, of connection in a moment where uh, Zine kind of g- 
got to to shine. I like when Zine has gone down there uh, on that platform to help protect Rom from the Drenger as he's trying to get the comms to work. And Rom gives Zine his blade. And I like he says, we're not really supposed to share them. <laughs> it's a funny line. And it is a, a, another reflection of young Padawans who did not expect to be in massive battles uh, yeah. responding to the reality before them. Uh, but then Zine's journey being that, you know, she is uh, comes from a society that does not like Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's traveling with Jedi. She's been told she can't train because she's too old. She can't, like, officially train, but she's just taken along, and all the Jedi are really respectful for her. They are kind of training her. It's just like they're not like, okay, here, here's your robes, you're a Padawan. It's like yeah. this, this gray area. So for her, I could just really feel that, like, that's such a moment of acceptance. That's such a moment of connection, of saying, we're not standing on ceremony. You came here to help protect me. Take my lightsaber. I trust you. Yeah. It's, it's a really nice moment. You know, maybe maybe she'll graduate the Jedi Academy like with a GED, like completely. You know, maybe she didn't go. Maybe they won't want to let her walk. But I, I hope she gets there. I hope she gets. She'll get an honorary lightsaber. Yeah, yeah. I hope she gets there. Yeah. So, any other moments for you that you wanted to share? Yeah, there was one particular moment when they're on the what is it, the Varen Chagger? Is that the yeah. ship? Great name, great name for a ship. Uh, Vernesta and uh, Lula particularly having this little exchange. Uh, a lot of stuff about. Uh, fear and being afraid and how without it we can't be courageous Some great theme stuff there but just there's this description of uh lulu's in the in the turret with the with a gunner and she let loose another barrage of fire but the nile seemed infinite four spun out of the sky in flames and seven more took their place really good description of just what we kind of feel in rising storm or what we feel here in this book and what the nile are actually out there doing they just we thought you thought there were a little sleeper cell that was off in the corner and you took care of them uh, the great disaster that was bad but we're good uh we're, we we're, we're all clear sailing from here right and then and just this is the feel and this is what you know, you and I talked a lot about Rise of Storm, but just it was really overwhelming in the fog, their war fog, all that kind of stuff. I just, that description really jumped out to me. Yeah, this idea of just this endless wave of chaos and anger. Yeah, it's really great. Uh, and speaking of chaos and anger, let's talk action moments. You highlighted a couple uh, of uh, of moments related to action, but did you have some more action moments uh, that you wanted to, to share? Yeah, it, it sounds like a cheat, but just once, once you're really going once you're really on that race uh there's a lot there's fun banter there's this the little uh what are these bond breaks or uh, yeah they're bond really, bracks yeah. they're fun the, the the zoo all the things uh come along it just it it that's why i said that it's, it's like the best named book ever <laughs> to any of the books but it is truly raced at crash point tower and how when that title is revealed, it's very much like a, almost like a, you know, Disney kids movie. Right. And I, I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't have a negative reaction to it, but I was just like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Middle grade reader race for crash point tower that it, it, it that melted away. Cause it really works for me. It's fun. And just the, the action, the action, the action, it, the, the, that serial adventure that, you know, we talk about a lot here and then getting to the tower and then the drenger and then kind of, you know, it's subtle that kind of subtle as you reread it, but just like that, that that pod is dropped off by the Torquita uh, Nile, and and you're not really thinking of that back then. And suddenly to come back, and it's a worse problem. That really worked. I felt the pacing, and it was because it was such a fun, quick read on a Sunday afternoon outside in the sun. Like I just, it really felt like a fun Star Wars story. 
Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Like, I, I really love the title, but I did absolutely have flashbacks. You're like, am I in fourth grade? Do I get a fruit roll up and we're going to watch a movie? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the kind of videos that are, it wasn't even videos then. It was an actual film. Um, but yeah, but the, the title works great because it is totally the spirit of the novel. There are so many great action moments. Um, right away at the beginning, I love that uh, when Rom is, you know, surprised to be in action and he's mm -hmm, mm -hmm. deflecting blades but then he he goes for what he knows and that reaching into the speeder engine and making a fist and something inside the speeder just breaks love yeah. that moment that's yeah just that was one of those moments where he's like i want to do that like connected me back to like <laughs> i want to have a lightsaber when i'm a kid you know and yeah i want to reach in and just make a, a smashy fist and then something yeah. breaks cool um so many, it, once we get into the second half of the book and the race to Crash Point Tower is on, there's a ton of great uh, little action beats. But one that really grabbed me because you could just see it really visually uh, when the Sandval is uh, is approaching them, it swoops in and attacks on the Nile ships. There's that description that it grabs the Nile ship by the tail, kind of squeezes it in its tail, then throws it in the air and spikes it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, in both Rising Storm and Race to Crash Point Tower, this like, the kind of the power of nature unleashed like denial is attacking these animals too and these animals aren't having it and they're mm -hmm. working with their jedi friends it's really visceral it's really powerful but that particular description was just like yeah <laughs> and don't come back uh kind of attack from the sample <laughs> love that yeah yeah um i liked a lot of the things with v18 uh yes getting Turned into a, a, a rocket, a weaponized. That was just like a really great fun image. The image from the cover of the book is great. So I liked everything with the V-18 flying around. Um, and then kind of coming coming full circle for me, my last one is uh, similar to the small Rom action moment at the beginning. I really love the whole idea that Rom does convince uh, the Drencher to attack the Nile because the mm -hmm. Nile did lie to the Drencher. Um, and that image of the Drencher reaching out and holding those ships in place and then rom is reaching in to mess with them and that's where that great line comes in it's like wow it's easier to wreck things than fix them yeah. uh but just a, a cool image of like this moment of partnership when you know the, the drencher are not like oh well now we're going to become buddies there's no sense of that but there's that sense of the frightening power of the drencher briefly on the jedi side and then there's just something i love about about reaching in and and just messing up somebody's ship and like why aren't jedi doing that all the time <laughs> uh yeah yeah just cracking things just reaching in and cracking things right just yep. turning off radios yeah okay i'm there for that <laughs> music's too loud yeah use the force to put the brakes on when yeah. you're in a chase and yeah somebody just goes flying out <laughs> i'm good with that yeah, so those are those are my action moments. Any more for you? Uh, yeah, get a little, I mean, a little of these. Ups. There was something about uh, Zen like firing the blasters at the Drenjir, and I'm like, because I got to man, I wouldn't have a lightsaber, and I, I don't know if I'd be that skilled or be a force user if she's force sensitive and everything. But you know, I just was like, I'd be there just, just firing the blasters as fast as I could, and and the, and the, just the fear of them not working. But it was a, it was exciting end sequence there for me. Yeah, no, I, I think that one is absolutely great moment. Uh, so a lot of action moments, including the second half of the book that mm -hmm. we enjoyed, got a lot of meaningful action moments as well. Uh, you ready to move on to canon and lore? Yeah, fun little canon things here. Yeah, so there was a lot of, um, you know, different 
uh, species or, or a lot of like, yes, it's from this High Republic book or, or comic. So I didn't write all those down. I just kind of grabbed some that I had questions about that I wanted to know your thoughts on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was really intrigued by this uh, bit of new canon about Ram Jamaran that he grew up in Lonisa City on Val- Valo. Are you curious to know more about this? That I, I to me, that it, it is, it is so fresh and different because normally, uh, the Jedi stories we know is a, a youngling is identified and they go off to be trained somewhere. Not that they live their whole life, uh, yeah, in in their hometown. I yeah, I and and it's like I wonder if there's later on, you know, not necessarily answered in the High Republic, but does something go wrong where uh, that's not what they want to do, or is it something that just uh, Happened by dare I say clerical error? I don't know. No, there's something that stood out to be, and it ma- it made this attack so much more personal and and uh, have so much weight for Rom, which makes it uh, even that much more important for us as a reader. So I like the idea. I'd love to explore that more. You know, and it does do other Jedi get uh, you know does it cause a little problems? A little envious? Like you get to, you just stay you get to stay at home? You know, and again he'd probably he's probably pulled from his family, gone to the temple, all those kind of things that I get, but uh, it was very different. Yeah, I, it, it to me it just opened up uh, even more different things to explore of the Jedi in the prequel era being a little bit more tight, a little bit more rigid. You know, you get the sense that Obi-Wan would not be allowed to train Mm-mm. on Stujon, you know? <laughs> no, you, you you go out and you, you leave your past behind so you don't worry about attachment. Right. And the fact that, oh, well, maybe it happens sometimes that, yeah, no, he went to the temple and then he came back here when he was a... His master, you know, came back here, was assigned here, and no big deal. I'm just really interested in hearing more about that. Yeah, love it. Yeah, love that idea. Uh, so this is kind of uh, playing out in the High Republic uh, Adventures, that IDW comic, uh, but it's referenced in the books, uh, both Rising Storm and Race to Crash Point Tower, that Yoda is off investigating ancient knowledge the Nile is after he is kind of on the the trail of that uh, combined staff that uh, mm-hmm. that Marky and Roe has assembled are you happy with this use of Yoda that you know he's in the he's in that comic uh, but then in these books <laughs> there really is this kind of funny like well Yoda would really be a lot of help he's not here <laughs> Yoda is on assignment elsewhere are you are you okay with that are you happy with that I it it's 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 working for me this is kind of like what we're talking about up top is like it's nothing about it's distracting to me yet eventually there does become a what is he using his personal time off like come back <laughs> we got something going on you're on call 24 hours a day yoda um but it works for me and then in this context of of there's something bigger at stake and there's some kind of bigger the weapon uh mystical and mythical and and it's like you that yeah yoda should be on that case and therefore there's a part to play in the bigger picture and Yoda's got that part. Yeah. I think it's really working for me. Uh, but it is like dancing along the edge of a, a thing that I had been concerned about. I think I brought it up in like when we did our, our episode about all the high Republic reveal, we did a, a big episode of force center with, uh, with Alex and Molly that someday it'll be fun to go, uh, listen back to that <laughs> mm-hmm. and see what all played out. But there had been such hype and such excitement about like it's a brand new era it's all these new characters anything can happen uh, of course yoda's there yeah. uh and i had been concerned that it'll just be like well, you know he's like odin he's got uh he's got the yoda sleep so uh he's asleep for these 200 years like i thought there might be a little bit of like yeah we don't want to deal with yoda um and i like so far the balance that 
he is he features in the comic a uh, bunch of uh, fun fun moments fun images with yoda with very prominent teeth yeah um <laughs> a very toothy yoda baking uh, baked goods uh sharing baked goods um but it, it it feels like just totally natural and flowing storytelling because we're seeing those moments in the idw comic where yoda is is keyed into something more and it feels like the kind of thing where yoda would say like I trust all these great Jedi have mm. have this other part of the whole addressed. And this feels like a part that calls to me that I should look into. I'm the older one. I have knowledge, you know, I might have personal experience mm. <laughs> with some of this ancient knowledge. So it feels right to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good use. Yeah. This, this little Yoda has been hanging over this series since they announced it. Right. So, so yeah, the shadow of Yoda, the shadow of Yoda. Yeah, so I, I think it's uh, handled well, and I'm curious to hear more about his adventure at some point. Uh, this Race to Crash Point Tower uh, deals with this uh, offshoot uh, spiritual group of, of elders, or I guess a spiritual group of elders on Trimant 4, which is where Zine is from, and this, all that, those details are in that uh, IDW comic that this group of elders uh, that she was a part of, kind of raised by, uh, don't like the Jedi. They think the Force is real, but it's not to be touched, mm. and have issues with the the Jedi. And that's part of Zine's whole story that she knew she was connected to the Force, but was ashamed and all that. Um, and that story again gets told. But then this book seemed to reveal that the Nile are an offshoot mm. of that group that dislikes the Jedi. What did you think about that whole uh, story? That's like hint of origin for the Nile. It was well played, and I love that it comes to us first so far, right? Unless I'm missing something in this book, on this level, uh, where it's not not just thrown in there. That's pretty big, and 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 the stuff with Zine's pretty interesting and different in its own way. But I, I it just it makes sense, uh, you know, that it's perhaps things get more compli- complicated and convoluted with the Nile and the relationship, but just to come from that point of view and from that little thing of. Uh, uh, offshoot of this spiritual group that doesn't like the Jedi. Like, okay, it, 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 that raises some of the Nile stakes. And the Nile stakes have already been raised for me through the book so far, where I've gone from a right, band of marauding pirates, neat, to oh, this dangerously dis- disenfranchised group that wants power, wants their own way of life. And now to have these kind of origins that stretch back, I'm interested. Yeah, yeah, and uh, like like you said, I don't remember it anywhere else. There are so many details in the High Republic, and I'm I'm yeah. doing my best to stay on top of them. I might have missed it somewhere, but to me, it was it was uh, new. It again ties in to a bunch of stuff that's going on in the IDW comic, so it it connects really well and makes sense. We're spending a lot of time with some with some elders and Mark Yenro and his search for for things, so it all does uh make this great sense but for me it really it really resonated with some of the stuff that's specifically at the end of light of the jedi right mm. when mark and is kind of reflecting on there's things that happened with the jedi not even in his personal past but in his right. family's past right and i think it just goes to a great sense of expanding the galaxy expanding the way that the force can be seen and appreciated in lots of different ways connects to some of like the little bits of stories we've had of Luke's journeys traveling around the galaxy after the original trilogy, trying to understand all the different words and ideas that people have for the force, the different ways they interact with it. And the idea that the Nile is not like a force group, Mm. uh, a group of force users, 
but they're so that the force is so a part of reality and so a part of so many different cultures that there would be that the Nile would grow out of a group that has baggage about the mm-hmm. Jedi yeah. is really, really interesting, like m- much more interesting than like, oh, we're Sith, but we have a different name, right? That is. Yeah. It's still a relationship to the Force. It's still a relationship to the Jedi, but from a fresh perspective. Well, you know, coming to this whole series, talking about the shadow of Yoda hanging over it, it was a shadow of, can you tell, story of Jedi where we are led to believe the Sith themselves as a organization, as a company, uh, are dormant, right? We, we were yeah. to believe those words. And so I personally had some like, uh, okay, which is why I had that kind of reaction to the idea of the Nile initially. Early designs, everything about it was cool, but I was like, I don't know if it's going to have the weight. But but like you're saying, the, the Force is there. Whether you have a red lightsaber or blue, green, yellow, purple, red, the, the force is there. Many different people uh, in different cultures interact with it differently. So now to trace it back to that again, it just—it's really intriguing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in I'm, I'm excited to get to be able to just um, learn more about that uh, as as time goes on. And certainly, Mark Rowe is uh, you know set up to be this big bad who knows anything can happen so he might suddenly disappear <laughs> yeah um but the other thing that this made me do is i'm sure i'm sure other people have uh have talked about this a bunch but thinking about the nile as an offshoot of this uh old spiritual group uh mm. made me think about the future of the nile and i made me wonder if we're going to get any storytelling that connects the knights of ren to the nile Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think part of it is that that Rise of Kylo Ren comics series mm-hmm. uh, that you know gives us a little bit of a backstory on this character who was the Ren leading these Knights of Ren, and then Kylo you know takes the mantle. Um, that uh, there's so much in that comic that connects to the High Republic, right? They're on yeah Elfrana. Uh, there is the space station uh, from Claudia Gray's great uh, book. Right. Um, that there's a part of me with like, so uh, Ren has a mask that is not unlike the Nile, you yeah. know, and they have a relationship with the force, but they have a very similar ph- philosophy of just the galaxy is chaos and everyone should take what is theirs. Yeah. And we exist to take that is our mantra. And there's a part of me is like, that could be a really interesting thing. If like the Nile are, you know, shattered down to this tiny little splinter that mm. still has some of their philosophy and a little bit of their aesthetic. Yeah. Just keep, let's keep some of the, uh, some of the pants. <laughs> keep some of the masks. Yeah. Keep some of the masks, keep some of the armor, uh, mm. keep a, uh, keep a mask with a, just a weird symbol in the middle, like, uh, like row. No, nah, look, if you, if you're digging in and for just some good old fashioned, uh, thoughts and predictions and speculations, the little details of the high Republic being all through a lot of those comics, whether we knew it or not, uh, and now we know it's really interesting. It's hard to turn away from. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to think about. And if it were true, I just kind of had this like absolutely fun nerd moment of like, okay, if the Knights of Ren were this tiny, tiny splinter, uh, left of the defeated Nile, then it's pretty cool that Ben Solo is like, well, uh, put that to bed, yeah. <laughs> finished off the last of the Nile. There you go. <laughs> uh, all right. Thank you for indulging my, yeah. um, my hopefully responsible speculation. And again, I'm sure other people have had that discussion. Uh, so moving on. So there we have this exact same prison scene as the rising storm, uh, but it's now from Rom's perspective instead of Ty York's. Was that effective for you? 
Yeah, like I said, I said up top, I think I, I I might just go read that section again. Read when Rom shows up. It, it's um, that's where these type of type of connections things are working. I don't always need that. They need that, and maybe like I said, maybe one day it becomes distracting. I, it not. It, it was fun. And Tell York's such an interesting character. So to have this kind of point of view uh, of her from you know Rom and Lula, I wouldn't say they're kids, kids, but you know they're younger, and to have them kind of looking up as this at this adult in their story and how they view Ty and what, what what she does and everything. I know there's something about it. I really, I really like. she kind of was the, uh, the adult actor on the Disney kids show. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. And they're like, Oh wow. This is a, this is a very different adult. Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? Her lightsaber has a very sharp hilt. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this, it was just really cool to just see sort of the mechanics of the, of the high Republic that, uh, Obviously, the scenes differ because they're from the different perspectives, but, you know, there's some of those same, you know, exact lines and, and kind of just a cool thing of like, we're going to have the exact same scene, but from different perspectives with uh, su- such a Star Wars point of view. Mm-hmm. Not like, mm-hmm. not like it's a, a, they have different, it's not a Rashomon, right? It's yeah. not like, uh, it's just from what they were experiencing in, inside yeah. their head. So I thought it was really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's just fun to boil it down. It's like one, the first time we're like, we had this little kind of weird kid covered in grease. Now we got this kind of dark, unknowing uh, adult with a lightsaber. <laughs> like it's just, I love the the point 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 of view on that. Yeah, and like we're talking about, there's this moment of crisis where they both, uh, they're both loners who yeah. need each other in that moment, and they don't know one another well enough to know they're both loners who suddenly need to work together, and they do. It's, it's yeah. kind of cool for us, the audience, to have that knowledge, and they don't really know that. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, final couple things for me. Uh, the mudhorn in the zoo, that was great mm. uh, to hear the, the mudhorn shouted out, connecting everything. Yeah. And then, uh, just like in Rising Storm, a, a Gungan attendee of the fair died. Uh, there was a Gungan Nile member, which was nice to just yeah. Gungans are out there doing their thing, attending yeah. fairs and attacking fairs. Good for Gungans. I, uh, <laughs> and for, uh, Daniel Jose Older had the, uh, the Gungan, uh, in, in last shot, right. Uh, his, his other book, yes. uh, uh, that he wrote. Um, I spent probably more energy than I, than well, I admit it. I, ca- I, I do care to admit it. I spent a lot of energy picturing that Gungan Nile. <laughs> mask how it works the snoot the eye stalks the ear the ears covered I, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about that and then i thought about joseph like how did that happen yeah you know how do you get out i mean well, yes you're right you mentioned the the, the gungan that who, who died celebrating there so you know you're gonna go off planet to celebrate but who you know what happened over there did, did, did they get punished and they wanted to leave i don't know but i did all jokes aside thought about it a lot yeah Yep, and in last shot, it has that that great joke of like, yeah, not not all Gungans, all Gungans. have the same dialect, uh, but but I want that uh, Nile Gungan to have, <laughs> just a little to have a really evil version of that dialect. You're gonna die. Yeah, just a little touch. Yeah, <laughs> just a little touch. I think that would be fun. Those are the canon things that I pulled out. Uh, anything else that grabbed you that you wanted to talk about? Uh, none that I can recall. Just fun little details along the way, and. and uh, our wings, something new, you know, another letter, right. the alphabet flying around. I love that. Yeah. Wow. The, yeah. So, so dense with the, with the different uh, canon things. Uh, the R wings really fun. and can't wait to uh, see that in action. Mm. But uh, with that, is there anything that you questioned or, or wrestled with anything that just kind of subjectively didn't work for you in this book? Yeah. I, I slightly wrestled with uh, the Dren gear, Dren gear as presented in this one, which wasn't, it, well, by the way, it wasn't, re- 
shockingly different from anything we've dealt with before. I think Daniel Jose Older had a lot of fun with them. And I, lo- I love the wrinkle that they can be kind of reasoned with. I don't know how to describe that. You know, like there's something going on there because so yeah. far they've been pretty unstoppable. And even here, I mean, they're blasted and they're being cut in two and they're only growing back harder. Um, there's something, so something about it, I liked it. Some of the conversations about it, uh, you know, they didn't hit for me as much. Because uh, I'll say this. I think the Drenger are are actually a really silly concept. They're pretty wild. Feed me Seymour enemies in, in Star Wars. But they, they, the execution has been really well done for me so far. And this one continues that. So I don't want to sound like I don't like it. But there was a couple of times some of the jokes, some of the beats, the meat thing. It's I think you might either be on board or not. And and uh, I, I'd like to think there's room, there's wiggle room on that, and it's not, uh, you know, yes or no. But uh, it this, this stood out to me a little bit more in this book. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, I think I'm on the same page with you. I really like the the Dringer, and a part of why I like them is because they are big, bold, weird space fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Dringer can tip towards the power of that idea, the absolute horror of a a sentient plant, a sentient infestation of this ancient thing that comes to life and it's just overwhelms you and swarms you and you can't really kill it and all it wants to do is consume and that can be really really terrifying but then on the other side of it the them just calling everything meat and all they want to do is eat is also legitimately funny but for me it is definitely like a funny uh it's a spider-man funny of with great power comes great responsibility (laughs) right and there wasn't anything i disliked in the way that this was written it was just now like the second or the third time that I've experienced kind of the just yelling meat mm-hmm. from a humorous perspective. It's, it is funny, but I think that it, it, it needs, it, it, as it goes forward, I want it there to be some twists on that, you know? Yeah. 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 How can we keep them, keep them fresh each time? Yeah, exactly. Keep, keep yelling meat fresh and, and keep meat fresh. I did really like that their motivation that, 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 uh, the way that uh, yeah. Rom saw, you know, uh, their part in the whole was that the Nile promised they wouldn't kill anyone on Valo and they could eat all the fresh meat. And yeah. and that was probably the most successful moment for me of of both meaning and comedy where like we were told the meat would be left for us <laughs> yeah. and that that's what gets them to turn on the Nile. I, I thought that uh, was successfully meaningful and successfully uh, really funny. Yeah. I will say, Ken, have you read the... Um, not the IDW, but the High Republic comic yet. I am about three issues into that with Skinner. Yeah, as it, as it goes on, I think the Drenger there, there's more variety in how the Jedi mm. are dealing with them and facing them. I think because there's some visuals of infestation, right. the creepier part of the Drenger is is really on display in that comic. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. See, again, heading to my shop. I got to get more of them comics, kids. <laughs> I'm just really trying to to keep caught up. It it's a struggle. There's there's so much. Uh, all right. So uh, meat 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 uh, is great. Um, we're looking for some meat 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 variations as well. That's our that's our uh, yeah our personal reaction to the Drenger. So Ken, uh, do you have hopes for the future of these characters specifically? Uh, it looks like Rom is is joining the cast of the High Republic Adventures comic with Lula and Zine. Uh, do you have hopes for their future adventures? Uh, number one, I'm going to catch up on their adventures so far. I'm going to read that comic. Yeah, uh, what a, what a wonderful uh, team of uh, folks on on a special self discovery mission, and what they can learn. I think that'll be fun. And and, and three kind of younger folks in this big uh, kind of crazy set time time of the galaxy. 
think that's just going to be fun. But it's, uh, I'd love to have them get involved with something kind of serious. And undis- un- un- uh, I'd love I'd love at some point for them to meet Marky and Roe. Oh, yeah. And maybe in a middle grade reader, too. Could you imagine, like, Marky and Roe turning the corner just to, you know, like Vader in the hallway to us and New Hope, just like at seven, eight years old going, what is that monster? I would love <laughs> uh, Marky and Roe to, to do that for younger readers. Yeah, yeah. And he is in those comics. Uh, there's some, there's some creepiness going on okay. there. So, yeah, right. so there's... But Rom, Rom could definitely encounter him, and okay. I think that would definitely be upsetting for I Rom. Gotta, I gotta <laughs> catch up to these comics. It's gotta catch up. Uh, this is this is just sort of like the balance, right? Of these, mm-hmm. the, they're doing a really good job of having all these books and comics mostly stand on their own. You can pick them up and read them, but they are so interconnected too. Yeah, um, yeah. I think for me, um, already invested in Lula and Zine's adventures. Looking forward to those. I'm really fascinated this idea of Rom going out into the galaxy. It's a beautiful way for this book to end to set up those adventures, but. I think there's room for this possibility of a story where Rom's like, yeah, I'm seeing the rest of the galaxy. I'm connecting. I'm having friends. That's important. Also, sometimes I really do just want to be alone and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I'd love to see him develop as a character who knows that it is good to connect with others. And then also knows like, it's fine to be both an extrovert and introvert. Uh, Nobody is 100% one or the other. And uh, you know, I need some time alone in my room. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I'm going to go fix something. Yep. Yep. And then I want him to see see him become in the force in combat, just an expert at dismantling blasters with a wave of his hand. Oh, that'd be great. What's beautiful. What, what's that? Is that like X plus R1 at the same time when your meters? Yeah. And then you have to do like a little J swoop on the controller. It's really hard to do. Those ones always get me. Uh, another uh, question I have about hopes for the future. So, you know, at the end there, there's a great moment there. The Dranger are not happy uh, because they were told the Valo people would be kept alive for them to eat. And the Dringers steal a Nile ship and just leave. I love it. That felt like uh, <laughs> the setup for the the Dringer comic, <laughs> really? uh, the Dringer novel. Do you want to follow those particular Dringer? Yeah, here I am asking for uh, you know a little different take on the Dringer as we move on. This might be it. I mean, I love that they pilot. Sh- I can't. I can't think of the example of what I, some other pop culture references in my head, but I can't, I can't, I can't really ta- uh, attach to it, but just the, uh, I, lo- I want to see them land back at uh, the, uh, the Nile headquarters, the Nile uh, conference room hall there. And just the ship comes down and Hey, and like, everyone's like, what? <laughs> mate, 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 just comes rushing out. Like, you know, like a bunch of Sweetums from Muppets just coming out. Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I can't remember which character is thinking it or saying it, but like I didn't know they could fly. And I think there is the great moment of Drenger comedy because it is, it is a little different. I think I just kind of pictured it in my head, like almost in a real world way of like just like you're driving, you know, and then you, you stop at a, a, a stoplight uh, for us here in L.A. on sunset and you look over and like. Is, is that Prius full of plants? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> There's like a comedy to it of like, okay, they know how to fly. Like, are they going to, what are they going to do? Are they going to go to the store and buy stuff? Are they going to a bar? What, what What's happening on the Drenger Joyride? Are they saying meat? Meat, 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 meat? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, they're they're going wherever there's meat, I guess. Yeah, uh, good old meat enjoying yeah. Drenger. But so, I, right. 
Yeah, go ahead. No, I I think the Drenger, and I'd love to hear the audiobook version. I haven't heard those yet, but I, they probably they probably are intended to be like meat. But I just I just hear meat, 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 meat. That's that's all I hear every time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I I think they really were uh, played for some some fun comedy uh, in this book, and I think this book did lean a little bit more to the meat, meat, meat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, so. Anything else that we have not talked about that you wanted to touch on? I can't think. I mean, and then and I mean, this is a real high compliment. This is just a straightforward, the race is on book, and so many big things are dealt with in such a wonderful, direct manner that this book was a real fun read because I got behind on the reading. You and I will, will know we're reading these books, and sometimes I felt you know you fall behind schedule and you're you're cramming and let me grab some post-it notes. And this one just boom, just zoom by, and I really enjoyed that experience. Yeah, this was a, uh, it definitely had ideas to it. Definitely super valuable coming of age uh, ideas, well expressed, but also just a thrill thrill ride. It was just a little adventure serial of a book and I really appreciated that. I thought it was great. Uh, I have a question to wrap up that is hopefully fun, Ken. If you could use the force to fix mechanical objects, what would you try to fix? This chair... Y'all can hear because it's not doing now. I get these broadcast shares, but I have to, you know, I don't have a lot of allowance money. So I have to go kind of for the ones that I'm almost at the weight limit on. So they always, about every four months, the squeak returns and I have to get a new set. So I'm going to have to save up since I don't have the force to repair it and get a better chair. But that, that would work for me. And I'm having a real big problem right now with uh, my uh, kitchen sink, the handle keeps coming loose and I have to tighten down, but it's, it's something on the inside that a, an actual plumber has to come fix. And so I can't fix it. So I would love to use the force to go in like a, almost like a doctor uh, or ant, not Dr. Strange, but Ant-Man kind of micro level in, into the <laughs> microverse or whatever to fix that with the force. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, yeah. I hadn't been thinking about that, but uh, yeah, no, we're having this uh, problem with our, our shower head uh, where it's constructed in such a way where we can't just take it apart and, and like clean out filters. Right. So the, the water will sometimes get kind of low and this is like, ah, we have to call our, our super nice, um, you know, building, uh, uh, sort of superintendent. And it's a, it takes five seconds for him. It's like, if we could just have access to that we could clean it ourselves. and now i have this beautiful picture of uh wearing jedi robes and like floating in the air with my legs crossed and just gesturing and all of the little bit of junk that gets into water pipes just comes floating out and it goes straight out the window oh beautiful beautiful it's so beautiful the force is beautiful ken yeah yeah (laughs) especially for fixing gunked up pipes (laughs) <laughs> that is one of the powers of the force fixing the gunked up pipes all right that is our look at race to crash point tower and ken unless you have any other thoughts you want to let people know uh, where they can find us absolutely we are on twitter at force center pod we're on instagram and youtube as well facebook page is force center podcast we're available on anchor iHeartRadio, apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, just your tune in amazon music and spotify we have merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash force center. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash force center. You can find me at Kednapsock or go over to the gpa.fun and check out what we're doing over there. Uh, you can go to my website, uh, kednapsock.com to get information on my upcoming stand-up show in Seattle on July 24th with Mark Ellis and Daniel Bridge. Gad, you, sir. Yeah, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out all of my other comedy adventures on my website, josephscrimshaw.com. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for the Drenger flying around, joyriding in an aisle ship, this has been Force Center. Force Center.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.